0: everyone welcome back to song makers um i hope you've enjoyed more regular podcasts um it will be i mean we're we're lining up to have five in five weeks which would kind of be for me anyway was unbelievable at the rate i was churning them out <laughs> when i began i was kind of doing one a year so yeah five in five five weeks is we're kind of really picking it up i think We're getting some good guests in. This week we've got Caitlin Scarlett, who I've known for three or four years. Um, She's a great songwriter, um, a lot of influence from Stevie Nicks to uh, Joni Mitchell to more contemporary stuff. And um, yeah, she's got a really interesting story. We spoke about writing, we spoke about her process, we spoke about growing up in the countryside and what that was like when when she finally got to London and entered the industry. and we spoke a little bit about what it's like being a, a young woman in the industry and navigating that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, without further ado, here's my chat with Caitlin. Hey, hey, Caitlin, how are you? Hello.
1: You all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. How are you? <laughs>
1: good. Good. Enthusiastic.
0: Yes, yeah, so enthusiastic. <laughs> um, how's it been going? Where are you?
1: I'm out in the country, just like outside of London, and it's pretty perfect as far as quarantine scenarios go for me. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Yeah, me too. Lots very of lucky. nature.
0: Yeah. Um, all safe, all healthy, family all fine.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't really got a big family. I've got like four family members. So right. um, so my stress levels are low and it's my manager did have it actually he had it really badly oh, that's right um, kwame had it didn't he yeah, yeah. he was in hospital he was in the isolation ward for eight days oh man it was very, really scary because he's literally the healthiest guy I know like vegan runs every day doesn't yeah. drink yeah. so um that sucked but it, like he's he's fine now so well that's good yeah that's good
0: um okay so first question is tell us a secret that listeners might not find out if they weren't listening
1: about what
0: like about you about you i mean it can be a global secret if you really want to you know
1: like a government secret (laughs) (laughs) um a secret about me okay well it's not a secret but you would never know this if i didn't put it on the internet okay i eat with my knife and fork the wrong way around and always have i remember this yeah do you yeah i do remember this (laughs) i
0: I mean that is pretty weird but you're not left-handed
1: no, I've never thought about it, but my mum told me that I was ambidextrous as a kid.
0: Okay. It's not so something I... that the rest of your family does?
1: Um, no, no one else. They all eat the right way, but my mum like, plays tennis with the wrong hand. And oh, I don't right. know. the are all just kind of freaks, I guess.
0: Do you ever, do you just, do you just, usually do you just eat with a fork in your right hand? Or,
1: yeah. Oh my God. My left hand stays in my lap for like <laughs> almost the whole meal, unless it's something really tough and I have to cut it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'm just I mean like, that's
0: I feel like that that's the that is the move just the fork, right? You know. Exactly
1: because then you can you can grab the drink.
0: Yeah. It's- yeah, well, you can grab anything you want. And also, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the real flex is just a spoon. <laughs> Did you know when you were when you were growing up that music was going to be your thing? Did you know early, ro- early early on that it was what you were going to be doing?
1: Yeah, I would say so because just because music's always been my normal and my family are very musically inclined. None of them have ever done it for a career, but um, it was like one of the elements that I grew up with. You've got like fire, water, air, and then I had music. It just seemed like really, (laughs) really normal. So so I I sang before I spoke, which is a very cliche thing to say, but I did just sing before speaking as a baby. Um, so yeah, I kind of I thought I was gonna be a writer in some way or another as well. Cause like my teachers would always tell me that I would grow up to write books and stuff. And then but I secretly was like, Oh, would I want to be a singer? And people don't really see that as a real job. But then it's cool because I ended up being a songwriter. So it's a mix of both.
0: Um was there was there a kind of an album that was present there when you were growing up that made you think of Writing songs as opposed to just listening to songs,
1: yeah, definitely it's difficult because it's difficult to pick one like that would stand out more because different family members would introduce me to different music, so like my mum playing maybe like Hounds of Love, the Kate Bush album yeah definitely changed my life forever, but then so did like my granddad playing Ray, Ray Charles and my brother playing gorillas. So okay. it's just like, I think there's been different albums who, that have gotten me through different phases for sure. And like made me, yeah, into an artist rather than just an admirer.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have quite a, I guess you have quite an eclectic sound. You can tell that you're, you listen to that kind of Kate Bush, Fleetwood Mac, Jane Mitchell <laughs> stuff. Like yeah. you can tell in your songwriting, but.
1: Oh, that's cool. The, Thanks.
0: The melodies are also. The, well the writing is very contemporary so um <clears throat> so that must have been I well just growing up I guess but some of your brother's stuff your brother's younger than you
1: yeah he's two years younger than me but he's yeah. cooler than me like he always actually had better <laughs> taste than I did and he would commit to a phase a lot more so like he was a punk for like four years whereas I'd be a goth for like one year do you know what I mean And
0: then, what was the next one?
1: I was a scene. I was a goth first. I was no. I was an emo, and then I was a goth, and then I was a scene, and then I was like a preppy scene, and then I was like, and then I was like a Mumford and Sons fucking. So wait, can I swear? (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Yeah. You can swear. swear. Oh, good, good, good. I don't know how to talk without swearing. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, anyway, I went through all the phases. But he was always very true to himself, and uh, he always had better taste than me.
0: So you like when you went through basically every Skins character one by one?
1: Yeah, literally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they're all still in me, but I dress a little bit more normal.
0: Yeah. You live in um? Well, you grew up in Windsor, is that right? Near Windsor.
1: Near Windsor, yeah. I grew up Near in. Windsor. It's kind of like an in betweeny village between Maidenhead and Windsor.
0: Okay, and. um do you feel like growing up, I guess, in the countryside shaped the way you write music at all, shaped your your songwriting?
1: Yeah, I think that um, when you live somewhere, well, having lived in London in my later life, it's like mm. I see so much the difference between my London friends and me, where right. they grew up in a place that was so explosive that sometimes I think that they almost don't know what they've got. Whereas mm-hmm. where I grew up was a little bit more boring and a little bit more small to- small town mentality, and it gave me like the tip on the shoulder that I needed. Like it gave me the sort of dark horse complex, or or how what's the word? Yeah, uh, I, I, I know, I you, know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? It made me, yeah. it made me push to find a world that I would fit in better than the one that I had given to me. Right. Um, not that I didn't love my upbringing because I did and I grew up in a really beautiful place. But once you hit about 16, 17, you're like, I really got to get out of here. I need to go <laughs> find ready. my people. Yeah, like I, I don't want to watch like TV and, and never move out of this town for the rest of my life. So yeah. that's definitely affected me. And it kind of gave me this joie de vivre, which has never faded away. And I'm I, like, I love to travel. My mum always worries about me because I travel alone all the time. <laughs> um, and I think that's because yeah, I grew up in such a lovely, stable, small place.
0: What age were you when you um, moved to London? Seventeen. Seventeen. OK. OK, Thanks. so I obviously massively different from where you grew up. Yeah. Um, at, at, to to what extent do you feel like getting to London and being in London uh, not just has defined who you are now, but has defined the kind of artist you wanted to be?
1: Oh, okay. How has being in London defined the kind of artist I want to be? I think it's definitely given me the urge to be more original because once you get to London, everyone around you is the most unique, special person you've ever met in your life and everyone is the next big thing and everyone is just as talented as you and has just as cool a background as you and whatever. So... Because, like, no one, obviously some people are, but, you know, they say no one's from London because, like, 80% of the people in that city came there for a a dream. Yeah. So I think it makes you step up your game a lot. I I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah.
0: I I was the same. I I, I grew up in the countryside, and I was one of maybe three kids at school who wrote songs, right? Right. So when I was at school, I kind of thought, I'm... I'm probably really good at this. <laughs> yeah. Just because no one else is doing it.
1: I so, might be the best ever.
0: And then you yeah, get to I, London, you're like, oh exactly. And <laughs> and it definitely it it makes you try harder, doesn't it? You have to be more competitive.
1: Yeah. And also I think it makes you appreciate other people's individuality. Cause if you're anything like me and you grow up with a complex of like, I'm the one, I'm the individual. When you get to London, you've got to drop your ego and enjoy how other people are different from you. Yeah. You know, like, I love to see my friends win. I love to go to other people's shows and get hyped for them. I love that culture. And that's something that, yeah, we had, like, battle of the bands in my town, but it wasn't anything near that that you get in the city.
0: Yeah. I I assume it was kind of a slow... A slow entry into the industry as an artist but do you remember the moment when you when you felt like oh i actually am now a songwriter i am now a recording artist
1: interesting um a moment where i felt like i was probably when i really felt like stuff was happening and the world was responding to me it was probably when i got flown out to la when i was 18 And I just remember being on the plane and I told them that my best friend at the time was my assistant and they paid for her to come too. So we were just sitting on this plane, like 18 year olds, like, what the hell? We're on our way to LA. I remember just thinking my butt is like 50,000 feet in the air right now and I didn't pay for it. And it's because I sing songs. (laughs) It was just a weird moment where I was like, okay, I might not be crazy. Like I could actually do this. Um, uh but there's there have been so many other more important moments like less shallow ones like i think sometimes <laughs> there've been times where people have told me that they're really attached to a certain lyric of mine or someone might get like a tattoo of it or somebody might send me a handwritten letter and that's that makes me feel like i'm actually doing something with my life you know yeah
0: do you remember as you entered the industry do you remember it feeling different from how you thought it was going to feel
1: yeah I think it, I think it's nothing like you imagine it's going to be growing up. and i would I would watch so many things to try and get an idea of what the industry would be like that would just, really hollywood exaggerations like i'd watch like dream girls do you know what i mean and think mm-hmm. that's what the record industry is like or i'd watch ray charles's that, that the one where jamie fox plays it and yeah. i'd be like yeah you know that's it you walk into your label exec's office and you go i'm putting this song out and it's like god it's so <laughs> different behind the scenes and even honestly the realization that not everybody writes their own songs was kind of like earth-shattering yeah. for me and now yeah. it's what I do. And I completely get it. I love it. I love the ecosystem of the music industry. But there are so many things that weren't what I thought they were going to be. Um, yeah. And there are so many things that are better than I could have imagined.
0: It's I, I guess it's quite, it's quite young, 17, 18, to be experiencing the the actual industry for yourself. Because mm. I assume at the beginning you were you were managerless or were you not man- were you never managerless?
1: Um and um, yeah, I wasn't managerless for long actually because I went to I went to college in King's Cross and I was on a music course there and the people that I ended up living with and the friends I made were part of this collective called Space Age. And their like main uh, member would be Little Sims, who like a lot of people would know now. She's doing great. Yeah. Um And we would like put stuff on SoundCloud. We would just make shit in lunchtime breaks and put it online. So my first manager found, my first proper manager, like I've had other little dalliances, but like the first one that really wanted to do something found me because he was like, he heard something I did with Sims and we did a track together, me, Sims, and two other rappers. And that was my manager from 16 until... I don't know 18 I think maybe yeah but it was like very early days and we didn't know what we were doing really yeah
0: yeah (laughs) do do you remember I mean of course you remember but can you tell everyone what what that was like the sound that you're making then
1: it was completely different to what I make now because some of my songs that I put online were just songs that I had written for college assignments and like I was still finding my sound so My career really kicked off with a song called Bad Love, which I wrote, I think I was 16 when I wrote it and 17 when I put it online and it has dubstep in it, like it's a dubstep (laughs) drop. Um, But it had a big moment on SoundCloud, which was the the thing of it, like that time. SoundCloud was the place that you went for your new music that nobody else knew about. And so... It kind of like, it haunts me, but in a lovely way. People still message me about that song and I'm like, oh, it's literally a dubstep song. Like, um, but it, it was like a special time. But yeah, my sound has definitely evolved and matured since then. Has, has your writing process changed or is it much the same? No, it's completely, it's completely different, honestly. It's so funny because now that I'm in quarantine, I've been like trying to go back to how I wrote before it was ever my job, just to see what it's like. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, well, I'm 24 now, so that was like six, seven years ago. And it's a craft, you know, you hone it. So a lot's changed. How, how has it changed? How do you, what do you feel like the main,
0: the main difference is now to how you were writing when you were just, just at the beginning?
1: Um, I think I write with less ego. So when I was young, I would write a song because it was how I felt and I needed to get it out. And as soon as I was finished, I was sure it's the best song in the world. And if anyone told me different, I thought they were crazy. And I would want to do everything myself. And I wasn't done imitating my idols yet. So I think some of it lacked originality or some of it was just slightly just a baby version of what I'm supposed to be doing, which is what I mm. do now. And now my process is so much more open and mature, and I make decisions about what's best for the song. And I take input as well. I really enjoy collaboration. And I find that I have so many more avenues to go down because of that. Because when I started writing as well, I only ever wrote for my artist project. And now I work as a writer and I write different kinds of music every day. which would not be possible if I was still set in my old ways. But in a way, the way I wrote as a teenager was more inspired than I'll probably ever write again. Because when you are young like that, and you're just a ball of emotions and hormones, the stuff you write is just weirdly unique sometimes. Uh And that's why I think some of the like, someone like Billie Eilish or like rest in peace, little peep, like they have that. Do you know what I mean? They have that like weird spark of adolescence. But if you can mix it with like skill, that's when you get magic, I think.
0: I think you're right I remember when when I used to write uh, like you it was like at the beginning everything was a, pas- a pastiche of mm. something else which I was listening to at the time right so it was whatever that thing was but worse um <laughs> and everything was about uh unrequited love and being a love it, you know um yeah but I think as you as you write with more people and as you write for other people you realize that 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 the craft is in recon- maybe recognizing stories and emotions that exist outside of of you I mean ultimately yeah. the writing has to come from a personal place but there's there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of recognizing other people's um other people's emotions and what they're going through
1: yeah I think once you realize that music is you're not just making it for you anymore. It opens you up to a lot of different possibilities. Makes you a better person and a better writer. I think so. Do
0: do do you remember a specific challenge that you felt you faced as as a young artist or as a young songwriter? And do you remember thinking, "I'm never going to be able to overcome this," and and if there is one of those challenges, how did you? Move past it.
1: Well, I think I've had one of the challenges I've struggled with for the longest time is it's less of an internal challenge, but it's definitely something that's defined the the past few years for me is the whole what genre am I thing, Mm -hmm. and like it solved itself really because thank God things are moving in the direction that I always hoped they would, which is we love we ask a lot less questions now about what box does this fit in and what label does this go under um it's just more about is it good and you can turn on the radio and, and we're starting to hear really interesting and complex you know mashups of sound and that's what I love that's what I love to hear in pop but for a long time I had issues with people saying you're great but we don't know what you are you need to pick a lane you need to make your image clearer you need to you know give these other songs that you're writing to different people and just keep the ones that fit with the image you've chosen yeah. which just didn't make sense because you know I'm not I I don't live in one perpetual mood I've got tons of different moods and I've got tons of different genres of music that I'm good at making so why shouldn't I make it
0: I would maybe I I I don't know if this is the case because it's outside of my experience but mm. I I would guess that that is a problem that faces young women in the music industry more than it faces young men I think young men get more of a a long leash to figure it out on along the way and make yeah. and, and and make sounds weird sounds discover sounds and yeah. I think young young women in the industry don't don't get that opportunity as much and yeah did, did you did you feel like that there there was that element in it when you were
1: Sometimes like, I feel like there is if you like I think that there's this unspoken thing in music where you can categorize a female artist into like would fuck or wouldn't fuck. Do you know what I mean? Right. So when you don't subscribe to either one side or another, people don't know where to put you. I've yeah. never I've never intentionally like sexualized myself to market my music. I'm I'm not saying that anyone shouldn't, because I think that's like as women, we've got that power. It's been monetized against our will. Why not use it now in the modern day and like empower ourselves again? So, but you, but I'm not Nicki Minaj. Like I've never put on a pair of heels in a leotard, and like I probably never will, unless yeah. I feel like it. But the problem is, you've got to like almost pick a side very early on, and then stick with that image. Um, and I think that is definitely like part of it. The whole thing of like, who are you as an artist? Like, how can we market you? It is. I think there is an unwritten thing to it, which is like, are we selling sex here? Are we selling, like, what is it? But with men, it's like the last thing you ask. Obviously there are like your obvious choices, like your Justin Bieber's and your like <laughs> NSYNC's who are going to like lift up their shirt and do body roll and like girls are going to scream at them. There are such a wide range of male artists who make art for art's sake and you've never even considered like what they look like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, th- this is in no way a a diss or a personal dig at Ed Sheeran, but um, <laughs> you know he doesn't have to care.
1: Did you see all. that picture of him next to Beyonce at Glastonbury, yeah. like Beyonce's <laughs> yeah. outfit and then his outfit?
0: <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? Like he has the the privilege not to care about any of that stuff. If if I don't know. Uh, a female, a uh, female songwriter who would be the equivalent of Ed Ed Sheeran in terms of the music she makes. But my guess would be that she wouldn't have the privilege of not caring about what she looked like on stage or in her videos, or because seemingly that doesn't fly with, specifically with the industry. It seems to not fly with record labels and A and R's and management.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do get them every now and again. You get artists that break through. And, and it's often because they've, talk, they've they've created their persona as I don't give a fuck. And then right. that's how they get away with it, which is like, um, like someone like Alma, who is awesome. I yeah. love her. She has a very rough exterior and then it works. But, you know, her lyrics and her songs are pop. Hello,
0: friend. Do you think of yourself as a do you think of yourself as a songwriter who is who has an artist project or an artist who is who writes for other people? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it depends when you ask me. <laughs> I think if you were to say spanning over my life. Yeah. Um, God, it's so it's so tough because you know. Then you've got the whole thing of females not having careers for as long as men, too. So I I have to admit that when I think about my future long term, I think that I'll last longer as a writer as I, than I will as an artist. You know, even yeah. someone like Kate Bush, she's very reclusive. She might come out once every few years and do an album, do a show. But she's not in your face every day. No. You know, like like maybe a Halsey would be. So it's, I feel like an artist, I've always been one. I identify as one. but. I'd like to have more attention on me as a writer because I don't think I'm cut out for like the insane amount of yeah. I don't. I'm I'm quite a private person. I want my Mm artist project to be successful, but I want it to be successful for the right reasons and on my terms. I'd rather be like a Frank Ocean, where he just disappears for ages and then.
0: I mean, you see. I mean, it's a big problem, right? There's a big mental health problem because I think that your success comes with a number of byproducts that eventually cannibalize your success. You know, so if you become successful, it comes with, you know, being famous, I guess, and touring all the time, Mm -hmm. constantly being in a release cycle, you know, expectations from other people that every single song has to be a success. and yeah. and that's that can be difficult and i think if if you set your if you have the ability and you can set yourself up to also be a successful songwriter then it allows you to still do the thing that you love without necessarily taking all of the shit stuff with it
1: totally totally there have been times where i've i've worked for a pop artist and helped write a song for them and then I've seen them go off with that song and like dance shake their ass off with it, <laughs> tour with it for months like eat sleep and breathe it and even though I'm so happy I was there and I wrote the song I love it I'm like I'm so glad it's you doing it not me do you know what I mean yeah like, I'm think- so glad that I get to come in and write my songs and and live my life and go drink wine in the evening with my friends do you know what I mean and it's not me like yeah missing my family and all that it's just I don't know I think I do like I think, I think it's making it sound like I don't want to be an artist I very much do but just like on my own terms
0: <laughs> I think as you get I think it I think as you get older it starts to become more apparent that actually those things aren't that fun. You know like playing live is really fun. It's great to connect with an audience. That feels great. But yeah. the but the 600% of other work that goes into it. You know for every one performance where you play and you connect with an audience, there's six performance worth of work where you're just rehearsing you're preparing for tour you're you know you're going through the motions and that stuff that stuff really is not fun
1: no exactly there's a there's a million and one tiny details as well that nobody would bear in mind unless they've done it themselves and it's like Mm. you know it does make it exhausting say you do a shoot and you've got clothes that are being lent from a designer and you get to the shoot at nine and you do hair and makeup and then you're not allowed to eat in the clothes just in case you spill anything on them and you ruin your makeup and then you shoot for a few hours and then you think you're going to be able to eat then but then they say that we're running out of time because we've rented the equipment so you don't and do you know what i mean before you know it's like the evening you haven't had anything to eat all day and you're like oh my god this is some people do this every day of their life
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i think when you're well, I don't know if you feel like this, but I definitely feel like as, as an artist, uh, as an artist, as a songwriter, I feel like the moment there in the studio when you finish the song, yeah. that for me feels like the purest moment of the whole experience. And then once you take it out of the studio and you've finished making it, everything yeah. else past that moment is about exploiting that song as far as you can until you throw <laughs> it away and you take the next song and do this have the same process again and yeah. eventually that that really starts wearing on you i think as a writer
1: that's why i never like schedule my artist project writing i do with uh, my other stuff with all my other writing jobs and projects but when i write an artist song i never plan it because it just you'll you'll end up squeezing yourself too hard and not coming out with something genuine
0: yeah um is is there is there a piece of advice that you if you could go back in time and give your 17 year old self a
1: piece of advice having just moved to london what would it be um I would say hurry up and be yourself because all the things that you like are cool now <laughs> so just get on with <laughs> doing them and don't second guess and don't try and be like other people. That's a good piece of advice.
0: Do you feel like <laughs> that's something that you that you weren't taking on board when you were when you were that age?
1: I guess it's something I never valued the fact that I had different interests from the people I knew and different influences. I thought they made for corners that I needed to round off rather than unique Mm -hmm. angles for me. Um, and I'm, I'm not really a pack animal, so I'm not sure how I got into that mentality. I think it was just, I think it was a mix of trying to find myself and also trying to find my people.
0: I mean, it's very easy. I think when you're at school, there's a, there's a lot of pressure if you're, i mean there's a lot of pressure for all kids i think if you're a creative kid there's a lot of pressure within a school environment to be normal right you just want to be you just want to get through it you just yeah. want to be normal have friends get through it not have everyone think you're weird and then get out right and yeah. that becomes so internalized as you get older that even through i don't know if this was the case for you but you know through your 20s you you just start thinking like i i if I keep going like this, I'm never going to get anything done because I need to stop worrying about what everyone else thinks of me. But specifically, I need to stop worrying about what everyone thinks of the things that I'm trying to create.
1: Yeah, I talk a lot less to people about what I'm going to do. I just talk to them about after I've done it. Mm. You know what I mean? There's like this quote that I like, which is something about, how's it. it's like, first they will ask you um, why you're doing it and later they will ask you how you did it right yeah if you just get on with something you i think you're much better off and then asking for opinions later
0: i think i think that's good advice i think otherwise especially with right it's so personal and i think you become crippled by by wanting to make it perfect and in that journey of wanting to make it perfect you ask everyone's opinion <laughs> And I mean, I mean, I've done this over the last three days. I've sent a new song to people and said, you know, what do you think of this? And then you can't help but take every tiny piece of criticism on board. And sometimes you just have to get on with it and release yourself from that.
1: Totally. I remember there being songs that like when I was young, there'd be like lyrics that maybe Joni Mitchell would purposely not rhyme and when I was young, I would see them as mistakes. And in my brain, I'd be like, oh, she's such a good songwriter. Why would she just leave it like that? And now, as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, that is perfect, that's genius. That's her fingerprint. That's the word she wanted to use. And I will remember that word for the rest of my life because it doesn't rhyme. You know, right. it's just yeah. perspective, isn't it? Do you... um
0: is, is there something now that you that you would like to change about the industry, if you could?
1: Um interesting what would i change i mean i mean there's like a lot of things that you could you could bitch about but like what would i truly actually want to change in real life
0: yeah if, if you had you, you can change you have the opportunity to change one thing and once you've changed it it doesn't go back
1: honestly i think i would make major labels a little bit more open-minded yeah. just because i think that in like the 70s when labels had money coming out of their ears and they would sign people because they might have something and rock stars would trash hotels and things like that and the labels would cover the bill. I think we had genuine idols come out of that period yeah. because it was you were allowed to be weird mm-hmm. and it was no questions asked. As long as you make this art, we'll make you a star. Whereas now you have to build it up from the ground a project and then if it's already doing well a a label will notice it or if you're so early on and that you're willing to be told what to do they'll maybe take note of that as well but i think that like i don't like this analytics crap you know like the research says that we should do this like what the fuck let people make what they're going to make and then let the audience decide what's good i think that a lot of people are being boxed in and i i hate when i go in a session and Somebody plays a song, and then it's like, "Can we make something like this?" And then takes the BPM of that song and basically just tries to make that song again because that one got cut. So maybe if we write something like that, we'll get a cut. I hate that. I think if you chase, it was a bit more bombastic. I think if you chase the
0: the the analytics, if you chase the stats, Mm. then you're you're always months behind right because what you're actually doing is you're you're assuming that future success will be determined by past success what's been successful over the last 4 months by the time you've got to that point you shouldn't be making that thing anymore that's yeah, the, that's and it's,
1: not it's like a snake eating its own tail isn't it
0: yeah exactly that's that's not the sound it's the sound that everyone wanted then in that moment and that's why It connected and why it became popular but Mm -hmm. there's a reason why there are transcendent artists who who carve out a a very long career and it's usually because they've defined a sound that connects with people before other people get there yeah totally because they've been allowed to
1: exactly they they have a unique point of view that people aligned themselves with and then before you know it an avenue is formed um, and that's what I think we miss out we, we miss out on a lot of opportunities for that in the modern industry because it's I agree. There is a big machine. Yeah.
0: Do you have do you have any any artists who you feel like are doing interesting things that you think people should keep an eye on right now?
1: Mm. Um well I've been saying it for like a year now, but Tierra Whack is like the female Andre three thousand in my opinion. Right. Um Oh God, I'm going to like kick myself if I don't say a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, all I listen to at the moment is Stupid Love by Lady Gaga. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Oh, and just, the slow
0: rush Just let well. just, just let everyone know that they should be keeping an eye on Lady Gaga.
1: <laughs> Guys, go stream Stupid Love. I stan Lady Gaga, so. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do, you a, um,
0: do you have a favourite venue?
1: uh oh gosh well I'm not sure if it counts so much as a venue but XOYO is like I just love that place so much I, I think that counts I think that yeah counts. I've been to gigs there there are they do gigs yeah. but it's more of a club um yeah. first time I went to XOYO I was I was underage and it was like the best night, best night of my life and I just think I've got an affinity towards it because of that yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Was a good long chat. <laughs> um okay. So now we have come to the flash quiz. Oh God, okay. I don't think you sh- I don't think you should be as worried about this as you probably are. Okay. Um, okay. Right. Ready. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just going to give you two options, and then you have to answer. There's no, you know, you can't think for too long. Okay. Okay. Uh, East London or West London? East London. Easy. <laughs> easy. So easy. Easy peasy. Um, McCartney or Lennon? lennon okay um melody or lyrics lyrics you're you're very fast here and i i like that i know what um, i like <laughs> <laughs> writing or playing live writing writing okay um stevie Nicks or Joni mitchell
1: oh fuck oh okay <laughs> you really got me there <laughs> Oh. Um oh god. I'm gonna say Stevie. Okay. Cause I love more Fleetwood Mac songs than I do Joni Mitchell songs. I love them both, okay. but Fleetwood Mac has endless bangers. That's true. Very feel good um, bangers.
0: Very feel-good bangers. Uh Taylor or Kanye?
1: Kanye. No offense, Taylor, <laughs> sorry. But Kanye is a genius.
0: You know, since I've been
1: doing this, no one said no one said Taylor Swift. Really, I think yeah. if you asked American people, the answer would be really different.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of American people say Taylor Swift. It
1: feels a bit deep that everyone's like, oh, Kanye <laughs> until this. Yeah, point. I mean, but it depends what the context is like. I, it's it's hard to argue that that Taylor Swift is a better musician than Kanye because she does one type of thing where he does like many.
0: I can't. Uh, I, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to upload this and then. I'm going to tag all the Taylor Swift uh, stan accounts. All the fan
1: accounts and just end yeah. my career. Uh, Listen, yeah. I like
0: Taylor Swift, just not as much as Kanye West. The, the, quote, <laughs> is gonna be, the quote is going to be, Taylor Swift does one thing. That's what it's going to be. Oh, um, I regret this whole thing now. <laughs> okay. Uh, guitar or piano?
1: Piano. Really? Okay. Yeah, definitely.
0: That's interesting all the music you've mentioned has been guitar music.
1: Well, yeah, but the, the artists I love who I want to be like, like the Fiona apples and the Tori right. mosses and the, these are piano Queens, you know, and even Lady Gaga. <laughs> like I love to hammer out my emotions on a piano and I find guitar a little bit too technical and I can't see it unless I look at it, which looks really stupid when you're on stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is the last one. Okay. Uh,
0: Triceratops or Diplodocus? Triceratops. Easy, easy, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Do you remember watching A Land Before Time? Did you watch that?
1: Um, yeah, I didn't watch it that much though, considering how like dinosaur crazy I've always been. Yeah, you're. Really I think into it's it, because yeah. Oh, I love dinosaurs, but I think I is there, don't. Is really... there a name for
0: it? You know, an, an obsession with dinosaurs. Does it have a?
1: paleomania (laughs) 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 Uh, no I don't know but I've always preferred to see dinosaurs in more of a serious scary setting because I like think that we need to okay this sounds really wanky but I just you're gonna I get annoyed when I see dinosaurs all cutesy because they were like enormous like awesome beasts and I kind of respect that so I like think everyone
0: should remember
1: Everyone I should remember should respect the fact that they ruled this earth for like <laughs> so much longer than we've even been here and how epic they were. They were just like alien giants. So cool. Amazing. Um,
0: okay. Do you have anything to plug?
1: Hmm. Um, uh, well, I actually do have an EP coming out, but I'm not sure when, cause this whole situation is super weird, but yeah, do follow right. me on Spotify and Instagram at Caitlin Scarlet and when and, aw-
0: and await the EP. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for the chat. Me. Yeah. Just stay safe. Easy. <laughs> Bye.